Desert Word Center. Welcome to Wednesday night service. Praise the Lord who's glad to be in the house of God together tonight. Amen. You made a great choice. We're going to have a fantastic evening together, getting into the Word of God, amen, and encouraging each other. Let's go ahead and stand up together this evening. We are going to open up service just like we always do by speaking some words of faith over the United States. Who believes that America needs Jesus? Uh, Hey, who believes that everybody needs Jesus? Amen. (laughs) And so we're going to speak this over our nation. Uh, Here we go. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. Very good. Well, who's excited for leap year tomorrow? Come on. Okay, I, I'm not really either, but it's okay. I, you know, I was kind of looking forward to March. We, we got one more day of this, so let's make the best of it. No, it's going to be great. So you get a bonus, a bonus day to give God some praise this year. Who thinks that sounds pretty awesome? Yeah, 366 days of praise. All right, let's go through our announcements here. Okay, go ahead and put those on the screen because I think I got the wrong list, Blake. So I'm just going to go off of what you got. All right, so um, men's meeting is this Saturday at 9 a.m. Let's go, men. All right. Robert is cooking breakfast for us. So, Robert, it's going to be good. That's all I know. I don't know what he's making, but it's going to be good. And then Pastor's going to be bringing the word. It's going to be a great time. 9 a.m., Saturday morning, Victory Hall, breakfast, Bibles, bros, okay? And then we have the women's meeting coming up the next week on Friday, March 8th. Amen. At 6.30, Mrs. Pastor is doing a series on the women of the Bible, and she's going to be looking at Abigail and Bathsheba. Uh, Amen. These ladies became wives of King David. So anyway, uh, that's going to be on the 8th at 6.30, okay? The 8th at 6.30. And then here's the big one. This is all the talk of the town. Everyone's so excited. It's Church Work Day, everybody. Let's hear it for Church Work Day. Hallelujah. Uh, It's going to be on Saturday the 9th from 8 a.m. to noon, and everybody's invited, if you can believe it. We'll we'll take anybody that wants to show up. So uh, 8 a.m. to noon, we're going to be getting some things ready uh, for Easter coming up. We're going to have a lot of people here, and we just want to make sure that the property's looking good. Amen. And then uh, here's a new announcement for you. It is Monday, March 11th, is Lift Family Art Night. It is back by popular demand. Amen. And so, yes. Monday the 11th, and I, you know, this has kind of become an annual thing. This is the third year, and I have to say that I was wrong. When they first told me they were going to do a family art night, I was like, okay, guys, good luck. I don't really think that many people are into art, and it was like this huge event, and so I was totally wrong, and so this year is going to be the third one. It is Monday 
the 11th at 6.30. It is honestly so much fun. So the whole family come out, bring mom and dad, kids, grandparents, uh, just bring a canvas. You can get one at the Dollar Tree or 99 cent store. That's where we get ours. The church is going to provide the paint and the supplies. But come on out that night, and I promise you it'll be a super fun family night because we are a family church. Who knows that? A family church. Amen? All right, and then... One of my favorite ones is Pastor Gerald Brooks is joining us yeah, on Sunday the 17th at the 10 a.m. service only. He's flying in from Dallas-Fort Worth just to be right here in Barstow with us. And uh, and so, again, he is just a major mentor in uh, my life. And I'm honored that he wants to come to Barstow. It's, uh, I can't tell you how big this is. So be here for sure on Sunday, March 17th at 10 a.m. And then, of course, Easter is coming up, everybody. And that is going to be the last Sunday of March. So again, it's an early Easter this year. It falls in March. Uh, but um, let's see. Uh, the play is, we've got the spots filled for that, I believe. So if you're on the list, you're going to be getting text messages from the church. We do still need um, candy and eggs. 4,000 is the goal. And I think we're pretty close to that. But uh, again, uh, bring in some candy. Uh, we can for sure use it and some more eggs. And we'll get a count here soon on where we're at with all that. All right. And I think that's the last announcement if I'm not okay all right well that's the last announcement so who knows what time it is now amen it's happy time and you're like well what's that hey God loves a cheerful giver amen second Corinthians 9 7 mrs. pastor is going to be receiving the offering for us tonight if you need an envelope raise your hand and the ushers will get one to you amen there you go good evening everybody are you awake But you don't look. But you don't look awake. I'm sorry. You must have had a long day, right? Hallelujah. Okay. Well, tonight we're going to look at Isaiah 38:17. But uh, there it is. I'm in the New King James. Says this: Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God. Now listen to this: Who teaches you to profit? who leads you in the way that you should go. You know, there's some false doctrine that's been around in the body of Christ for years and years and years that God wants people poor, but that's not so. God doesn't want us poor. It says, right, this is just one scripture out of like 2,000 that they have in, that the Lord has in the Bible on finances, and it says right here that he teaches us to profit. So it's not God's will for us to be lacking, wanting, you know, la, 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 so... You know, just do things God's way. God has his own financial system, which is completely and totally contrary to the world. He says, given it shall be given unto you. The world says, hoard, you know, <laughs> and maybe you'll have enough. So, so it's not, it's not, you know, just do things God's way. He's smarter than we are. Amen. All right. Well, let's stand up and say our financial faith confession. And then you can bring your tithes and offerings up and we'll worship the Lord for a while. All right. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, 
checks in the mail, giving surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. If you want, you can join us at the altar for praise and worship tonight. And let's sing some songs together. Our praise becomes your house, your place. Our praise becomes your house, your place. Our praise becomes your house, your place. Our praise becomes your house, your place, oh God. And we sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, give you praise and you come in, sing a song and you come in, make a dance and you come in, shout your name and you come in, give you praise. You in heaven, the praises of your
Make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in. Give you praise and you come in. Sing a song and you come in. Make a dance and you come in. Shout your name and you come in. Give you praise. Cause you inhabit the praises of your people. Are you I can't get enough. And I can't get enough. No, I can't get enough of your amazing love. Of your amazing love. And Jesus, I can't get enough. I can't walk away and I can't walk away I know I can't walk away for I have seen your face and I can't walk away I sing I just want to be And I just want to be where you are And I just want to be near your heart And there is nothing like your love And Jesus, there is nothing like your love Sing, I can't get enough
sing that out. As we are here gathered in your name, Lord, we're not gathered in my name or a church name or someone's name. We are here in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us tonight. Show us what we need to see from the word of God. Tell us, Lord, what it is we need to hear. You said, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And so thank you, Jesus. We've got ears tonight. We're ready to listen and receive from your word. Thank you. It's going to change our lives. We will never be the same in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it. Amen. Hallelujah. Can we give God some praise tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Isn't it good to be together in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. Well, I'm excited uh, to get into the word together. Uh, man, you know, I, as I was praying about what to, uh, what to teach tonight. Well, before I do that, uh, the kids can be dismissed to their classes. Still getting used to this, like a few months into it. Uh, second grade on up can go ahead and go over to their classes tonight. And uh, their teachers are back there by the lobby. Amen. 
All right. So we're going to get into the word. Um, the title this evening is this, is Faithful to God. We're talking about being faithful to God. And, you know, I was looking over some just uh, some notes that I had from uh, 2014, and that's really the Lord spurred some things in my heart uh, to talk about tonight. Um, and so, again, these are things that I wrote down about 10 years ago, and uh, I just felt like it was what God wanted us to talk about tonight. And so the title is Faithful to God. Let me ask this. Who likes the fact that God is faithful to you? Amen. Who would say that God has been faithful to you? Yeah, amen. We all like that. And, you know, we all love to stand on the promises from God's word. And we, we quote them. You know, he said, I will never leave you or forsake you. We love that. And uh, in Matthew 28, he said, lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Everybody loves to hear that. And you should love to hear that. That is God speaking to you. And he meant it. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He will always be faithful. Amen. The promises of God are all over the Bible and they are meant for you and I in 2024. You've got to know that. Uh, but I also know this much that as a Christian, as a child of God, I'm very well aware that God has been way better to me than I deserve. <laughs> Does anybody know that tonight? That God's been really, 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 really good to you in your life. And why has he been so good? Well, it's not because of my goodness. It's because of his goodness. And this is called grace. It's the goodness of God. And, and, and you know, I, I, I want to live a life for Jesus, not because uh, I just want him to give me more stuff. I'm not trying to, you know, get him to, you know, pay him off so he'll protect me and, and do things for my family. I mean, he will protect me. He will do things for my family. I'm not going to deny that. That's the truth. But my motivation for being faithful to God is because I love God. I love Jesus. I mean, I couldn't even begin to put into words the number of things he's done in my life. He saved me. You know, I deserve hell. I deserve punishment. And Jesus took it for me. I owed a really big debt that I just couldn't pay. And Jesus paid that debt off for me. Imagine that you had racked up $10 billion worth of legal fees. And unless you paid it, you were going to go to jail for life. And someone comes in and says, it's okay. I, I know I, I, I don't owe this, but I'll pay it for them anyway, uh, just because I love them. And the judge says, okay, fine. If it's paid, this person's guilty, but I'll let him go free because the fine has been paid. Jesus did that for me. And when I, when I was three, I had leukemia and I was in a children's hospital and I was dying and I became crippled and I couldn't walk. And Jesus came in and healed me in a very miraculous way. I'm not going into that whole story tonight, but I mean, he's done some massive monumental things in my life. And I know most of you and I can look around this room and I can say <laughs> he's done some pretty big things in a lot of your lives too, hasn't he? Amen. 
amen? I love God. I love Jesus the Son. I love the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love God. And, and I just wish that I was more articulate with speech to be able to say it in such a better way than that. But I want to be faithful to him, and I want to live the best life I can possibly live for him, not because I'm trying to bribe him off or I'm trying to earn his love so he'll finally accept me. No, I just I want to do good by him because he's done really good to me. You know what I mean? I mean, maybe I'm not wording that well, but I want you to get that. And so tonight we're going to talk about being faithful to God. And I'm going to kind of hit two things here. Again, these are just some notes that I took a while back. But number one, we're talking about being faithful because we owe it to God. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> we, we, do, we do owe it to him. And it's not that, again, he's just going to smack us around if we don't, but, but it's a really big thing. And so how many people in here could say that Jesus has saved your life? Okay, you know it. You know it. Jesus has saved your life. And, you know, if I ever imagine that you were drowning or something or, and, and, you know, somebody just along the beach comes running out and rescues you and risks their own life and their own safety and their own health. They put it all on the line and, and, and they rescue you. I mean, if that was me, I would feel just, I don't know, some sense of obligation to thank this individual in a big way. I would feel some sense of, I don't know, uh, just a need to do right by them and to just, you know what I mean? Bless this person. And obviously none of us, we know this, nobody in here could ever repay Jesus for what he's done, but we can at least just live our best life for him. Amen. You know what I'm saying with that? And so um, it, it just sometimes it, it, it really, uh, it, it hurts my heart sometimes to see people that I know God has rescued them out of hell on earth. He's healed them of a deadly disease. He's delivered them from an addiction. He's restored their life that they squandered away. That God gave them the precious gift of life. They squandered it. And he came in and healed it and put it back together. And, and God did some massive things in their life and in their family. Yet, I don't know. They just like forget all about that somehow. And, and you know, they don't even acknowledge him hardly ever. They may occasionally drive by church to give their nod to God. You know, uh, we paid the God tax for the month, so there's that. And, you know, hey, and, and I just feel like, man, that's got to hurt a little bit. Well, you, you can't make Jesus sad. Bet. <laughs> yes, you can. You can absolutely hurt Jesus. And you can absolutely, we've seen several places in the four Gospels where Jesus cried. And, and, and we see in Luke 17, when he healed the 10 lepers and only one gave thanks. And Jesus said, hey, wait, didn't I heal 10 guys? Why did only one say thank you? So yes, clearly Jesus notices who actually is thankful and who actually, you know, uh, wants to really live their life for him. And, and so again, sometimes my heart just hurts for the Lord uh, at the level of things that he's done for a lot of really nice people, I guess, but they don't really seem to have any uh, compelling sense on the inside of them to remain faithful to him. And, you know, I would think of it this way. It seems like we live in a, a generation that doesn't know a whole lot about faithfulness. 
And, you know, I'm not trying to, you know, come down on anybody. And I'm just, I'm just sharing from my heart some notes that I took in March 23rd, 2014. And, uh, and I'm, just, I'm just thinking about this today as I read that. But it seems that we live in a generation where people don't really know a lot about faithfulness. It seems that people are so used to not really keeping their word to other people that they eventually don't keep their word to God. You know, just something to think about. But maybe they make a commitment to do something for him, and maybe they stick with it for a little while, but then when it's inconvenient, they quit. Uh, and, you know, like, hey, Lord, you know, I, I want to get closer to you this year. And so they'll pray a prayer like, God, draw me close to you. Well, there's a few ways we could look at that prayer. Appreciate the heart in it, but if you want to get closer to somebody, shouldn't you just like say, hey, I want to be so close to you that on my end, I'm going to do some things to get closer to you. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to wake up early. I'm going to, I'll stay up late. I'll sacrifice some things. You know, when I got engaged to Pastor Katie, you know, I, I put some effort into this, right? I wanted to get close to her. I was like, hey, me and you ought to get close. So make it happen. All right. I mean, how dumb would that be? That's stupid. You know, you, you, there's going to be something on your end where you're going to draw close. In fact, the scripture tells us draw close to God, James 4, and he will draw close to you. Amen. He wants to be close to you, but at the same time, you're going to have to do some drawing near to God on your own. And this is something that we really need to consider. And now I'm going to share with you one of my favorite quotes. Um, and so this is from Gerald Brooks, but this just kind of smacks me across the chops every time. But he said this, faith is when you trust God. Faithfulness is when God can trust you. Come on, everyone's like, I'm a faith person. Well, good, you trust God. You ought to do that. You're a Christian. I mean, you know. Uh, so faith is when you trust God. Faithfulness is when God can actually start trusting you. Who would like it if God said, I can trust him. I, I, I got some. I can tell. I can ask him to do something for me. I can trust him. Who would like that? That would be like the biggest compliment and biggest thing in my entire life. To be able, you know, because again, everybody, I could ask the whole room, who trusts God? And I'm going to get, however many of you in here tonight are going to raise both hands. Woo, I trust him. And that's great. You should. But if we were to ask this, who in here, God can trust you. And that's not a condemnation. All right. That's not, that's just something to think about here is if somebody were to ask God, hey, can you trust her? Would God say, yeah, I, I could trust her. I, I tell her to do things and she does it. I tell her to not do things and she doesn't do it. She makes promises to me and she keeps them. Wouldn't that just be a fantastic thing for God, the Father, to be able to say about us? Well, I want you to look at something tonight in Matthew chapter 21. Let's go to Matthew 21. Amen. Are you still glad you came to church tonight? Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 21. And we're going to look at a story that Jesus told here, Matthew 21. We're going to start over here at verse 28. Matthew 21. And we're going to look here, starting at verse 28. And so Jesus said this. But what do you think about this? A man with two sons told the older boy, son, go out and work in the vineyard today. The son answered, 
no, I won't go. So the dad smacked him. No, it doesn't say If you grew up like I did in the 90s. No, I'm kidding. All right. The son answered, no, I won't go. But later he changed his mind and went anyway. Hmm. Then the father told the other son, you go. And he said, yes, sir, I will. But he didn't actually go. Okay. Which of the two obeyed his father? They replied. They replied the first. Then Jesus explained his meaning. I tell you the truth. Corrupt tax collectors and prostitutes will get into the kingdom of God before you do. Woo! Jesus, wow. I mean, he just swung for the fences on that one. My gosh, look at that. And so they seem to, this story just kind of seemed to, I don't know, just hit a nerve with Jesus. And so I'm, I'm looking at this, I'm like, why on earth was Jesus so hardcore about keeping your word to him? And this is not the only instance in the Gospels where Jesus is very passionate about keeping your word to him. And, you know, again, he's not going to, like, get retaliation on you or something like that. But at the same time, it seems to be a very, I don't know, sensitive topic with Jesus. Like, it does something. And he, he, and at one point he said, anyone who puts their hand to the plow or commits to work for the kingdom of God and then looks back, you know what he said? They're not fit for the kingdom of God. Like, what a statement to say. We all like soft Jesus. We all like tender Jesus and compassionate Jesus. And Jesus is compassionate, full of mercy. In fact, if you listen to Sunday morning sermon, the whole thing was about the prodigal son. And it was a very compassionate and merciful, you know, part of Jesus that we looked at. But we also know this is that Jesus loves us so much and he has standards and 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 i know that when you love someone a lot it really hurts when they make commitments to you and then they don't keep those commitments or it really hurts when you pour your whole heart out to somebody and they don't appreciate it have you had that happen where you just poured it all out you're like well i don't know if jesus has ever poured his heart out to me well let's see there's 66 books right here i mean yeah he did yeah, he, he poured it all out to you, okay? Jesus poured his whole heart out. He, he, he gave his body for us, everything, man. And so Jesus loves us so, so much. And Jesus is really hardcore about keeping your word to him because, again, he knows what it's like to be lied to from someone he loves, and in this parable, this had to hurt. In this story, the man's own son lied to him. You think about that? One son was like, yeah, I'll go. You know, I'll, yeah, I'll go, dad. And then he doesn't even show up. And, and so in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, if you read the Old Testament, and if some of you are going through the Bible in a year, how's that? That's fun, huh? Yeah. Leviticus? Numbers? <laughs> Amen. All right. Amen. It's, it's interesting, but... You know, in the Old Testament, the children of Israel, you really see, especially get into First and Second Kings, First and Second Chronicles, you start to see that the children of Israel really lied and cheated on God a lot. And it hurt. God would rescue them from an enemy, and they'd be thankful for a little bit. You know, again, we see this all the time in 2024. But so, you know, God will just absolutely save someone out of the, the worst situation of their life. They're like, whoo. Thank you, Lord, man. Wow. Thank you. Okay, got to go. Bye. <laughs> Wait a minute, what? And 
And so before long, though, in the Old Testament here, they'd, they'd start to wander off and, and they'd start playing around with the sin of the society around them. And it started to get to the Lord after a while. And, and again, you, you can read this for yourself, but one of the most bizarre stories, I think, in the entire Bible, all right, is the, the, the story of Hosea. You know, you could read the book of Hosea if you'd like sometime, but God, I mean, sometimes people are like, I think the Lord kind of gave me a weird calling. He's telling me to go do this. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's a little outside the box. But if God said it, go do it. Do you know what Hosea's calling was? God told Hosea, listen, I'm so tired of my people being unfaithful to me. They're not getting the point. And so, Hosea, I need you to do like the most epic object lesson of all time. Here's your calling, Hosea. You are to go marry this prostitute named Gomer. And, and she's going to be unfaithful to you. She will consistently cheat on you and run around on you. And I want you to take her back each time and, and forgive her. And your life will be an example to everybody of what it's like. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> First of all, God told him to marry a girl named Gomer. <laughs> wow. Here's your sign. I mean, that's a red flag. That's uh, this is this is going nowhere, right? You know, you know. Okay, all right. And then you know, but here, so he does it. He marries he marries Gomer, and and lo and behold, she consistently runs around on him. He'll go back and rescue her out of you know the bad situation and and bring her home and forgive her and love her and then. Next thing you know, she runs back out and does it all over again. And, and everyone's like, man, wow, they're laughing. They're, they're laughing at Hosea. Like, man, look at this. What a loop. And, 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 and finally, God's able to say, hey, yeah, y'all think, huh, that's what you do to me. Yeah. And so it's a really big deal that we remain faithful to God. And Hosea kept loving Gomer even though she didn't deserve his love. Uh, he kept forgiving her and giving her another chance. And I think that, you know, it's a kind of a crazy story, but it's a very true story of the love of God in our life. And, and so somebody could say, yeah, well, he's going to forgive me anyway. I might as well just go do it. That's a pretty wrong heart. You know what I mean? Even if you, you know, I just, I don't, that's, that's not the right heart to have. Just because you've got somebody that loves you so much, you know, they'll always forgive you and just let it, you know, that doesn't give you a license to absolutely abuse that person's love. And I'm not talking about people now. I'm talking about God. Amen. He loves you. His mercies are new every morning. Thank you, Jesus, for that. But I don't need to abuse that love and, and manipulate that love. I thank God that he doesn't base his loyalty to me upon my loyalty to him. And I want you to see a verse here of 2 Timothy 2.13. Let's flip there really quick. 2 Timothy 2.13. Amen. And so, again, tonight we're just, we're just kind of examining our life here not trying to, you know, make anybody feel this sense of guilt or anything. It's just, this has really helped me to examine my life, uh, studying some of this out. Because I want to live my absolute best life for Jesus. Second Timothy, chapter 2, and verse 13. And this is a beautiful verse to me. 
It says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. Why? For he cannot deny who he is. He cannot deny who he is. At his core, we know that God is love, 1 John 4, verse 8. We know that God is love, and we know that God is faithful. Amen. If we are unfaithful, somehow he still remains faithful. Why? Because God is a God of grace and mercy. And I know that we've all put ourselves in bad situations before uh, because we weren't serving him like we should. Yet he was still faithful to come back in, pick us up, give us another chance, forgive us, give us another shot. Amen. Is there anybody besides me tonight that God's given you more than one chance? (laughs) I know I'm not the only one here. And so none of us are ever going to reach this level of perfection. We know that. I I get that. Uh, But I don't want to just blatantly, you know, run around on God and say, yeah, well, no one's perfect. Whatever, you know. It's true, none of us are perfect, but I've got to remain faithful to him. And I thought about this, you know, what if if somebody was like, I'm a good, I'm a good husband. I'm like 75% faithful to my wife, you know, so I know what she's complaining about. Um, I've never, ever, and I've done a lot of marriage counseling, I'll tell you that over, oh, I've done a lot of it, and I've never, ever heard someone say, man, I, my husband is, he's so awesome. I mean, he only cheats on me like 10% of the time. He is, he's a real keeper. Like, listen, whoa, whoa, whoa. No way. <laughs> listen, uh, 100%, brother. I mean, listen, 100%. We got to be faithful, amen? And, and, and so in our lives, none of us have been as perfectly faithful to Jesus as he has to us. But if you see some ways tonight that you could improve and do better, hey, let's step up and do that, amen? Who wants to get better for Jesus? Every single day. And so I want to say this in regards to being faithful to Jesus also. We've got to be careful where we get our advice from. Well, what does that have to do with any of this? Well, I want you to see something in Psalm 1. Let's flip over there real quick. Psalm 1. Psalm 1, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 2 in the New King James. Psalm 1. But it's very, part of being faithful to the Lord is being cautious and guarded about who you look to and where you go to for your advice, who you allow to speak into your life. You know, I have people that want to give me advice, and I'm like, all right, thanks. (laughs) I'm not listening to that. I'm not going to take life advice, marriage advice of somebody that's not even a Christian. I'm sorry, I won't. I won't. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And, and well, why, why so? Why, why not? Well, Psalm, Psalm 1, verses 1 through 2. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. Would you like to be a blessed man or a blessed woman? Sure you would. Yes. And so one way that that's going to happen is by not walking in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, the word of God. And in his law, or in God's word, he meditates day and night. And so 
God will bless you, man, for being faithful to him and, and for listening to him. The, God can speak to you through his word. You know that, right? The advice you need, you know, I'm not saying don't go. If you need some extra counsel or something, go get it. I'm all for it. I highly encourage you to do this from Christian individuals, though. Amen? Anybody understand that? I would highly advise you to receive counsel from Christian individuals. And you would think that I won't need to say this next part, but every few years I need to say this because inevitably somebody just doesn't know this yet. And it's not me putting down. It's it's making sure that everybody knows this because you got to know this, all right? And so say, I need to know this. Okay, then let me tell you real quick, all right? So horoscopes, psychics, astrology, tarot cards, fortune tellers are wicked and of the devil. (laughs) Oh, no, you sound like you're being judgmental. (laughs) Uh, All right, listen, if you have any interest in any of those sort of things, I highly urge you to get rid of it now. Now, <laughs> man, that does not put you on God's good side. And I mean, most of you in here probably know this and you're like, you know, you're preaching to the choir, but sometimes people don't know this. And I got to let people know this. You could just write this down where we'll turn there for the sake of time. Leviticus 20, verse six, God said, I will set my face against the person who turns to mediums and spiritists to prostitute himself by following them. I will cut him off from his people. Okay, that's an, I mean, that was good enough for me. I'm a, I, I need no other reason than that to stay away from this. That was, yes, sir, I got, I got it right there. And, you know, uh, also interesting to note on this is in Galatians 5, 20 and 21, we've got the list of the, the, fruits, of the, the, the fruits of the flesh, the lust of the flesh. And on this list is sorcery. Anyway, just consider this and think about it, but... If you've got the voice of the good shepherd, which you do, if you're born again, you've got the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. My sheep know my voice. They listen to me. And so I don't, I don't need somebody else's voice. Can you see how it would hurt my dad, my father in heaven, if he's given me the instructions that I need? And I'm like, yeah, I heard you, dad. But what do you think over here? Can't you see how that would kind of hurt a little bit to the Father? Amen? And so stay away from those type of things, all right? And then I'm going to talk about point number two tonight, a reason why it's so important that we remain faithful to God, because whether you believe it or not, it's okay. We're in the end times. We are in the end times. And we need the strongest, most loyal army this world has ever seen. And I'm not talking about the U.S. military. I'm talking about God's army. We're talking about the army of God tonight. In Matthew 24, you can flip over there. Matthew 24, we have a a passage referred to as the Olivet Discourse, where Jesus was speaking to his disciples on the Mount of Olives in Jerusalem. And he started describing to them what it would be like at the time of his return. And, And so... If you read all of Matthew 24 and into chapter 25, you see this wild list of things. And most of it's already happened and is currently happening in our world right now. And and so it's it's incredible uh, to read this list. 
And then some of the things on here are very interesting. Matthew 24, starting at, at verse 10. <clears throat> and so this is right in the midst of earthquakes and famines and violence and uh, ah, all these things we see. This little, these few verses are packed in the middle here. Very interesting. Jesus said, again, this is at the end of the, at the, end of the world. And many will turn away from me. What's, what's that called? That's called being unfaithful to God. Many will turn away from me and betray and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. Well, when your love starts growing cold, you start to become unfaithful. You know, whether we're talking about, you know, your marriage or your relationship with God. Verse 13, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. What's it called when you endure to the end? It means you're faithful, right? You're faithful. The one who endures to the end will be saved. What a powerful thing to say. And, you know, we've been around this a long time. You have, I have, most of you have. And it has shocked me at the number of Christians that I've seen that just turn away from Jesus. And I hesitate to say this, but it's the truth. And you may not believe it, but there's a lot of people I went to Bible college with. We sat right next to each other for years studying scripture, learning how to baptize people and all this stuff. And they've turned away from God. They've turned to alcohol. They've just left God, left church. And, and what is that? That hurts my heart. I'm not judging them, but that really stinks, man. I don't want to see that happen to anybody. Uh, but the truth be told, Jesus said it was going to happen. He said there's a lot of people in the end, their love will grow cold. Uh, they will, they'll leave me. They'll desert me. They will be unfaithful to me. But... The one who endures to the end shall be saved. Who in here tonight says, hey, I'm going to endure to the end of this thing, man. I, I'm not letting go of Jesus. He has brought me too far. But what I've learned about turning away is I've learned this, is that it's never an instant thing. It's never an instant thing. Uh, it's, it's always a slow process. And just an observation that I've seen so many times is, is that it usually starts with your bad attitude. It usually starts with some sort of a bad attitude about things. Well, my spouse doesn't treat me how I deserve to be treated. And so I'm just getting so sick of him. I'm getting so sick of her. She does blah, 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 blah. Okay, well, maybe they don't. And, and potentially maybe you haven't been perfect either, but whatever. You know, but let's not talk about you. Let's talk about them. And so, you know, it starts with a bad attitude. Or maybe, you know, my, you know that church, they don't do it. It's not how I would do it. I'll tell you that right now. If I was, a, here's what I would do and blah, 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 blah. And they don't blah, 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 blah. Okay, all right, hey, yeah, fine, fine. Okay. But I'm just telling you that it, starts with an attitude and your attitude is a good indicator of your faithfulness and so again referring to the old testament they get themselves in some bad situations but the israelites started out complaining to moses about god and complaining to god about moses do you see this? I mean, look back there, Exodus 14. They just got delivered from 400 years of slavery, making stinking bricks in the desert. 
how miserable. Imagine it's August in Barstow, and you've got to make bricks for 400 years. I mean, that would just stink. And so somebody comes and delivers you, rescues you. Amen. What a, woo, how exciting. God parts the Red Sea. He drowns the entire Egyptian army in the Red Sea. And he says, those that tortured you will never be seen again. Amen. Exodus 14, 14, only believe. What a beautiful verse. And then they get across and Moses and Aaron, and they're, they're leading them and feeding them. And they're like, seriously, we had better food in Egypt. I'll tell you that right now. I'm the Moses. But. And they start complaining. And I'm like, wow, really? I would say not having the spices you want on your quail is a lesser problem than 400 years of making bricks. Seriously. How stupid. And then eventually they begin serving the gods and false idols of the people around them, leaving God. Moses goes up on the mountain. While he's gone, they all talk Aaron into molding a calf that they can worship. They name him Baal. And they're literally bowing down to this gold cow that they made saying, oh, Baal, you have been so faithful. And I'm like, oh, Baal, you've only existed for five minutes. We don't know how faithful you are. You know, like, how stupid <laughs> for real and 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 so we look at this but where did it start it, it it seems to always start with a bad attitude about your leaders about your family about your job about your you know whatever man but i just urge you to check your attitude okay uh, okay i've got a bad attitude but i've got a good heart really Jesus said in Matthew 12, 34, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. If you've got a bad attitude, there is a heart issue there. Amen. Woo, that's a good word. All right. That's a heavy revy. Woo. No, seriously. It, it, it comes from what's within. And so question, how do you want to be found when Jesus returns? Do you want, I mean, when Jesus returns, okay, how is it that you want your life to be at that moment? I think about this a lot, and it sometimes terrifies me. <laughs> because I don't want Jesus to come back, and I'm being a moron, right? I'm being stupid. I'm being unfaithful. I'm doing something dumb. I, when Jesus comes back, and, and we see him in the air, I, 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 I want to be at a good place in my life. I, I want to be serving him and, and being faithful to him. But this is something that we should think about. If Jesus comes right now, how am I going to feel if, you know, this is what I'm doing right now? That, I, I got to think about these type of things. And so we're going to look at one more thing tonight. Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. And so who knows that God is faithful. He will never leave you. Your salvation is eternally secure. He will not walk away from you. He will not strip it away from you. We know this. But we also know that it is possible for some people to walk away from him. Right? He won't ever walk away from you. We know that. But it is possible for somebody to choose to walk away from him. 
And then when that usually happens, things go, you know, good for a little while. Like, oh, wait, I, I, I crossed the line and nothing happened. Okay, nothing happened. I guess I'm good, all right? And, and, you, and, and you know, the devil kind of gives you a long rope for a while, right? Why? Because it's called a false sense of security. Once you get way out there, I mean, if you just tiptoed across the line and the devil says, boo, you're like, oh, you're going to come back, get back over here with Jesus. But if you're like a mile out there, I mean, it's, you know, you're out there a little bit. Can the Lord still save you? Oh, yeah. Oh, God will rescue. God will get you out of it. We understand this. But again, I'm just talking about being faithful to God and the importance of not walking away. So in Revelation 7, it's recorded that during the middle of the tribulation, there are Christians that will die and go to heaven. And what's the strange thing about that? Well, you know, from the rest of a good study of Scripture, we believe that born-again Christians will go when the rapture happens. So how in the world are these Christians just getting up there in the middle of the whole thing? Why did they go through at least three and a half years of hell on earth? Why? Well, let's read this. Revelation 7, verses 13 through 14. Then one of the 24 elders asked me, who are these who are clothed in white? Where did they come from? And I said to him, sir, you're the one who knows. Then he said to me, these are the ones who died in the great tribulation. They have washed their robes in the blood of the lamb and made them white. So why didn't these Christians go when the rest of us did at the beginning of, of the rapture? Well, apparently they were unfaithful servants. That's why they're having to wash their robes. In verse 14, they're having to wash their robes. We, you know, uh, Hilton Sutton, uh, an author that I, that I enjoy, he, he said this. This verse right here suggests that these people already had robes of righteousness, which they had made dirty. Otherwise, why would they need to clean them? And that's just, that's a, that's a real thing to me. I've got no interest in a single day of the tribulation. Like, hey, I don't want to stick around. I've read about it. It's something I really don't want to participate in. And in this right here, we see, thank God these people made it to heaven. Uh, but it would have been great if they could have just gone on day one and I had to wait around through all of this. And so... As we close out tonight, you know, again, this may have seemed like kind of a heavy thing for a Wednesday night. You're like, man, I just worked a full day. I wasn't, it's okay. Hey, it's okay. These are just some notes that I wrote down on March 23rd of 2014. It was a Tuesday. It was rainy. It was beautiful. And, and, and so I'm like, hey, we should talk about this sometime. And so as we kind of close it out tonight, uh, you know, I just want us to reflect one on how good God's been to us. You know that, right? that God's been good to us. And I want us to examine our lives and just see if there's room for improvement. Who in here thinks like, I could probably do at least a little bit better. <laughs> I mean, if you think that you've arrived, we'll set up an appointment and we can talk sometime because it's going to take a minute. Now, listen, none of us have arrived, but thank God we've left. <laughs> the ship has sailed. We are not where we were, but praise God, we're still moving forward with Jesus. And we want to do our best for him, not to earn his love, not to earn his goodness. I just want to do my best for him because I love him. Amen. All right, let's stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. Did anybody receive anything from the word of God tonight?
Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up this evening. Amen. Pastor Josh is going to lead us in a little bit of worship, but if you're here and you need prayer for anything, we'd love to be in agreement with you. We'd love to pray with you tonight and just watch the Lord work in your life. The biggest thing is this, is if you do not have Jesus as your Savior, we need to fix that, man. We need to do this. Let's make this happen. Romans 10, 13 says, anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so that is, that's step one. Or maybe you're in here and you could say like, hey, I've, I've, I've done that. I've called on the name of the Lord and, and I was with Jesus for a while, but admittedly, I've kind of walked away. Well, that could be fixed tonight too. Uh, but the altar is open. The prayer team is up here. If you need prayer, come on up. And if you don't, just worship God for a few minutes and then we'll close things out. Amen. Well, let's go ahead and give God a few minutes here.
There is nothing like your love Jesus, there is nothing like your love And I just want to be where you are And I just want to be near your heart there is nothing like your love and Jesus there is nothing like your love Saturday at 9 a.m. Gonna have a nice hot breakfast and it's gonna be a great time getting into the word together. Of course, church on Sunday, we're in the month of March and uh, we're coming up on Easter here very quickly. So let's be ready uh, to bring in the harvest because the harvest is great. Who knows that, amen? All right, let's pray and then we will do the Barstow Faith Confession and get on out of here. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word of God tonight. And Lord, you've been so good to us. And just like we saw in 2 Timothy, Lord, even if we've been unfaithful, somehow you still remain faithful because you cannot deny who you really are. So Jesus, help us to live our lives in a faithful manner to you. Help us to live our lives for you and to take you so seriously. We love you and we praise you. Let us be the light of the world this week. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, all right, all right. Let's go ahead and do the Barstow Faith Confession. You can be dismissed. Let's go. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you this weekend. <laughs>